so uh, I believe the episode we released the day we're recording this, on November 14th, we talked uh, for a while about some casting news and we talked for a while about some scheduling news when it comes to uh, upcoming Paramount Plus Star Trek shows. Yeah, I think I think we did cover those in either in both in that episode or s- I think so. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 interesting because you know, with with our uh, lower deck special we just released not that long ago, and then you know these these episodes, which we the, you know, this this episode and the next episode, which we kind of recorded a little bit later than we usually do, we can speak a little bit more with a little bit more authority about like the current Star Trek events and like kind of what's what's coming up, what's going on and stuff, and so. The latest kind of thing uh, to be announced, because I think we talked for a, a while in, in that number 14th episode about how um, for the first time we're going to have, for the first time since the 90s, we're going to have two different Star Trek shows running concurrently. Yeah. And so that's kind of not really true, it turns out. <laughs> so uh, Prodigy is currently running and at the time of recording, and I think it, uh, it, will, it will run until the, the 18th, November 18th, and, which I think I think is also the same day or around the same day that the first episode of Discovery season uh, four is airing, if I recall correctly. But then they're going to take Prodigy off the air and air the next five episodes of it in January, which you know, without doing a little bit of a back of the envelope, envelope math, seems to be around the time that Discovery will end, and then it will probably oh, okay. yeah. yeah, and then and then they're probably going to and then and then they're going to when around the time that. They end Prodigy. They're going to uh, release season two of Picard. But they've also announced that. So they had already previously announced that like Disco- that uh, Prodigy is getting a second season. But now they they announced again that Prodigy is getting a second season, while also announcing that the first season of Prodigy is going to be twenty episodes long, which suggests to me that like twenty that that they turned the second season of Prodigy into more episodes from the first season and oh, they, so they'll just they go were... ahead and make them all and yeah and and and, um, and then that is just going to, this but the second 10 the second 10 episodes or maybe two chunks of five again are going to just come out sometime in 2022 so i, I i've been seeing a little bit of speculation that, that basically this is this is like the gambit to never not have new star trek stuff coming out so that so that basically like people like like my friend Mark, uh, who, or, or, or like people, even like, like me in some point, like, like it, it, you know, I think if I didn't have the show, like people who want to be like, okay, well, we just had two, two seasons of the show. I'm going to hop on. I'm going to subscribe to one month of Paramount plus, and I'm going to, yeah, just kind of binge like all 10 episodes of lower decks or whatever. And then, and then, yeah. And then I'll unsubscribe and I'll wait. And, and, like and you, yeah. yeah. And I think this is, this is kind of like trying to make that not be a thing. I just saw my friend Mark, who is who is like one of our one of our most devoted listeners. Um, I saw him a couple of days ago, and he was kind of debating about when am I supposed to get in on this stuff? You know, like what what's the right time for me to jump on? Because like you know, if he if he if he does it now, he could watch the first the first five episodes of Prodigy and all of Lower Decks. But if he waits a, like a couple of months, he'll be able to do that plus Discovery. But then if he waits a couple of months, he'll be able to do that plus right. the next five and Picard. And then it's like, well, so it seems like it's having the know. opposite effect than that. He's just not getting Paramount Plus because he's waiting for there to be a time when yeah. everything's on. <laughs> but I mean, for me, certainly it's working because like I usually do unsubscribe from it when there's not. I'll watch. Yeah. I'll watch it weekly as it comes out. But I usually do unsubscribe from the service when there's not new Star Trek coming out. And now, yeah, or it if seems we don't likely have that. Well, although now I realized apparently now. Um, 
for this episode, this is pertinent, I guess. I don't uh, Enterprise for some reason isn't on Netflix. They still have the other like older Star Trek shows, but like they don't have Enterprise on there anymore. Yeah, they've been moving some of that stuff around. I, I had to watch uh, these on Hulu, I think. Um, yeah, I think actually a lot of Voyager isn't on Netflix anymore either because we, oh, we had really? to switch over. We had to switch over to watching it on on Hulu as well. Although, yeah, so there must yeah. be like licensing agreements that they're sort of letting expire to yeah i'm sure the goal is eventually to move everything over to paramount plus but it just if only they would do anything to fix that app like it's it's such a bad (laughs) service it is one of those things i i mean i've thought this about disney plus too is like for as long as like netflix has been around like how is none of the other these other like services with very large media companies behind them like managed to have a ui that works half as well (laughs) Yeah, I mean that doesn't even bother me like that that much because like I certainly I don't know I don't I don't really like the way that like Netflix works but but I I don't like the way that whenever you log on it tries to bully you into watching like two different things you know like so right now if you get on there right now it's like watch Red Notice mm-hmm. watch this movie with The Rock and whoever else sure. uh, Ryan, uh, and um so and I I don't really care like I I feel like I'm but more I guess more just there like um. The actual, like, when you're actually, like, watching a video, I feel like it just work Like, it just seems to so much more intuitive than any of the other ones. Right. The, like, yeah, as far as that... you can, like, pause it and, like, skip around and or yeah. just, like, pick out an episode without having to, like, it's, that's such a, I still do not know how to easily, like, navigate to a specific like just go to the episode list. I have to like start up whatever the next episode it thinks I should watch is, and then like use that to kind of backdoor my way into the show page. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My my thing with Paramount Plus is just that it just straight up just doesn't work sometimes. Like which is which is also true of like everyone complains about like the the UX for for HBO Max, which again I don't really care that much about. But then like every now and then I'll like put a I like oh there's a Spike Lee movie on HBO Max that I want to watch and I'll load it up and they'll be like no sorry we're just not gonna you just can't watch anything on HBO Max today you know and Paramount Plus does that or like it's oh what it does a lot of times it'll just like it'll just cut to commercial and it'll just, the commercial will never start and it's just like no no more you know right. and yeah that's the kind of thing that drives me thing. nuts um, yeah but anyway yeah so then you know we we know kind of what's on the plate you know going back to like the scheduling we know what's on the yeah. plate you know through through Picard, and then like it seems pretty likely that not too long after that it's going to be all right. Uh, Strange New Worlds season one, uh, Lower Deck season and three, and then kind of all the next of, seasons of everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it's it's they're they're really trying to do it because and you know it also makes me wonder like what should we do about the Prodigy special because my I guess my initial thought is we should just do we should do one on the first half of the season if 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 we get to the end of the of, yeah. the, of the, those if, 10 episodes and we and they haven't announced when the the second half is like if it's going to be like kind of a breaking bad season season 5 uh, situation or something then just do the first half and then we can do another one on the second half yeah i think that probably makes the most sense um especially cuz like 20 episodes would be a lot to do like one episode talking about a full mm-hmm. 20 episode season of story but yeah maybe it'll make more sense to if there is kind of a natural breaking point there have you uh have you watched any of prodigy yet? i haven't no i haven't watched it yet um, okay well we won't we won't talk about it uh here other than to say that the the tra- the tradition of star trek not making the strongest pilots perhaps that continues <laughs> 
Have you watched more than just the pilot, or because I, I remember no, you no, that, but not, yet, just, not yet. I, yeah, I, I've been meaning to, again. Same, you know, it's just it's just very yeah. busy. But uh, um, referencing this conversation we were having off off yeah, I guess off the mic, but but uh, yeah, I, I, it is certainly the plan. Um, it's very much. I really am interested in talking to you about it because, like, it, it really is. Um, it's the Star Warsification of of Star Trek that the pilot does anyway, but in a very different way than the Abrams movies are. Uh, so I think it'll be right for discussion. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about uh, the episode Cold Front. It is uh, season one, episode 11 of Star Trek Enterprise. It is written by Stephen Beck and Tim Finch, and it is directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. Uh, so good old, good old Tom Paris, yeah, the director's chair for this. The the Memory Alpha uh, description is: Archer is confronted by a member of his crew who claims to be from 900 years in the future, and is there to capture a Sulevan operative who has boarded the Enterprise. Uh, yeah, so this is um, kind of behind the scenes. Like we're about to start a little uh, trilogy of Enterprise episodes here, and you know, I was very excited about this. You know, I think you know we've we've talked about before on the show that um, we want to like Enterprise. We want to discover like what the people who like it like about it, and and then absorb that. You know, um, are there people who like it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. There's there's a lot of people on on Twitter who really are into it, or or, okay. or like because uh, I feel like like every other series has their kind of like proponents, but I feel like you don't hear too much about real Enterprise heads, but. You have your finger on the pulse a little bit better than I do, probably. Yeah, I mentioned on the on the pod a couple of episodes ago. I think maybe during our Lord X episode that um, there's this World Cup of Star Trek thing going on, and there definitely are. There's a lot of people who came out every time that like Malcolm or Archer or somebody, <laughs> uh, you know, got had to be up for a vote. And certainly, uh, we don't have to talk about it now, but certainly Archer Archer ended up pretty high in that list, uh, honestly. So which okay. is not. Not where I would put. It. He ended up a lot higher. He ended up a lot of a, a lot of people who I would put higher than him. I'll say that. Uh, so there definitely are some folks uh, and who 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 are into it. Um, even I think I think like you know to a to a lesser degree, but like I think you know the, that's how science works. Ladies both kind of have some positive. Yeah, that's about true. The show and, some like nostalgia with it. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So I was excited to to, to do that. Um, I think that as an actual activity. I don't know that for either of us it really ended up <laughs> changing much of our feelings about about the show, but I am still interested to talk about it with you. So yeah, I feel like this episode especially I think did kind of reinforce like I think was more of the same of like what I think about Enterprise as a whole of just like I do want I guess I like want it to be good or just like I want more like I I want the temporal Cold War to be as cool as I like imagine it from hearing that. Yeah, I mean, you want it to be as cool as the phrase "temporal cold war." Exactly. You know? Like, I feel like the that is a cool idea that I would like love to see executed and like really dig into. And I and maybe maybe they do, but I feel like the impression I get is that it kind of never really played out as like cool as it should have. So this this episode, I I, I, I you should take us in here shortly. Yeah, but, I but guess like, this. Because that's very much, I think this is the most we've had that's like actually been about the temporal Cold War. And I think probably within the show is like the first real, like at the time was probably the most explanation of it that that they'd gotten. 
Yeah, and I I do think that that this this episode did remind me a little bit more than any other episode of Enterprise we've done uh, for the show. Like it did remind me a little bit of I think sometimes how we how this format doesn't always serve some of the material. Like, uh, and I think it usually does just fine because of the way the way that Star Trek is structured. But I, I this this honestly made me think a little bit about our very first episode where we watched like that very late late period. DS9 episode and had yeah. no idea what was going on. And I felt a little bit, this, this is only the 11th episode of the series, but there's already like a lot of referencing of other things and happenings and, and stuff. And I was like, hmm, I bet you that if I watched this in a row, maybe I would have a little bit more understanding of what was, of what was going on. But yeah, what they're talking. Maybe. which is fine. I, I think that's, I think that's fine. I, I, th- I think it's fine that we don't know. It's just, it's kind of fun in, in its own way, but I, yeah. I, 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 I was I was willing to give this episode a little bit more grace than I think I was to the other two that we watched because I was like, this there's something kind of interesting here and like maybe it would be even more interesting if I like knew who Silic was you know outside of outside of like this episode and kind like, of context clues yeah yeah this episode and his and his little character on Star Trek timelines that I have so oh really um, yeah it's yeah. not one that I have. Yep. I don't have him uh I only have one star of him though, so he just kinda sits forlornly in my in my little box. Right. But anyway, so yeah, uh why don't you take us in? Yeah, so it's uh there's so much just like filler in this episode is the thing. Um so the, the I will say one thing that kind of I thought of in this episode. So it opens up with in kind of this weird, cool like you can definitely tell that it's like the early two thousands and they're really like making the most of what is at the time probably like kind of cutting edge visual effects and this i feel like this opening episode does look this opening sequence does look kind of cool because it's it's this room where basically silic who is this um Sulaban, who are like the i guess kind of like antagonists in this whole like temporal cold war thing and they like travel through time causing trouble um is kind of being told like oh you failed us and you know we're gonna take away your genetic modifications but you have a chance to make it up by like going on this next mission and he's like kind of like in a laboratory and they're about to do like an experiment on him and it's done in this kind of like the film is sort of like it's meant to seem sort of like out of phase with time and that like everybody that moves leaves kind of like an after image briefly behind them um and i think it's kind of a cool effect for like something people that are dealing with like time travel and like you know, time being in a state of flux and that, that I think the, the visual effect kind of has the intended effect that it's going for. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, like it, it ends with their, like someone's basically about to like stick a long needle into this guy's eye. And then we smash cut to the acoustic guitar, uh, like theme song, which is just like, I feel and I think that's what it is about the theme song is it's just a, such a jarring thing to smash cut to. <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. <laughs> when it like, cause you're is. still going with like the kind of traditional, like th- this era of television where like the, you know, the opening leads lead or leaves you like drops off on this very kind of dramatic, intense, like cliffhanger type of like thing. And then it's, and then you just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you go straight into like, a, like, soothing voice singing about how it's been a long road um it i i feel like we talk about this like almost every time we do an enterprise episode and it's not i swear to you it's not intentional but like i texted you again like this week you did like every 
I just forget every time. Like, like I just every time I just I like I truly like like I, I watch it with my wife, and every time it happens, we laugh because we're, it's just so shocking. Like, yeah, uh, it's just such a such a choice, you know. Um, yeah, it is. And, and, I, and honestly, like it's it's one that I'm I'm starting to like like enjoy from like not not like from you know like a so bad it's good or, or even just like a well you really did something there you really picked you know because i think yeah you, like, you leaned into it for sure <laughs> yeah which is which is i think a big problem with with enterprise is that it doesn't lean into it like a lot of the time like it, it doesn't really have like its own point of view like as like where i think you could you could kind of figure out what that is for all of the other shows and but but that that theme song though like they really did go for it. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah. And so then, you know, we kind of open on, on Enterprise. And basically what's happened is they, they've they come across this, um, you know, spatial anomaly. That essentially there's a star that gives off, like, this big solar flare every, you know, kind of specific period of time. And there's a, basically a religion that's kind of been founded around it and so there's these group of people that will make this pilgrimage like every time this solar flare is about to go off they'll come make this pilgrimage here to watch it and it's a very um kind of spiritual and like meaningful event for them and their religion and so the enterprise is met up with a ship that's bringing a group of these pilgrims and they have this kind of diplomatic exchange where they invite these people to come on the enterprise and introduce themselves to them and it's a very (laughs) It's it is one of those things that I think has also happened a few times in Enterprise where they kind of and and this is obviously like very early in the show so I think we may kind of still be in the realm of like this probably isn't like the first time they've had this sort of like diplomatic encounter with the species but like it's among the first mm-hmm. um, and Archer you know obviously like gets super is just kind of still in that phase of very, very like hey let's like introduce ourselves to these to like these people on the yeah. ship just because. Yeah. Um, like, we just wanted to say hi and let you know that we're in space now. We're very <laughs> proud of it. Um, yeah. but then like when they do invite them on, like, it's like, they like had like plant, they, you know, are like about to have this like diplomatic encounter and first contact. But then as soon as it happens, everyone seems like they were, had not in any way prepared for it. Like Archer yeah. just kind of like reaches out to try to shake this dude's hand. And the guy kind of looks at him like, what is this? And he's like, oh, well, humans shake hands you want to come have dinner and they're like no we're we're fasting for this thing he's like oh um <laughs> we'll we'll show you around the ship we'll, you a tour, we'll like yeah. teach you how warp drive works on these people who like clearly like came here in their own ship yeah but anyways it's it, it is kind of like and I, I guess i do get that like you know archer is not in any way a diplomat in the way that right like picard was like kind of on a diplomatic posting right. and archer is just like a pilot who was like taking the ship into space to explore. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they do seem like kind of not at all prepared for diplomatic interactions. And then the other thing that then it happens with that is that then like um, Hoshi is not even there for that part. Like she, so she kind of later is like, yeah, I like got to meet like a couple of them and talk to them like very briefly. And just like, why would you have a like communications officer, but then like not, bring her along for like diplomatic negotiations i don't know yeah it's like how like every every now and then deanna is just at a conference or something so that way (laughs) uh, that that way she doesn't she doesn't like ruin the plot of the episode yeah (laughs) 
I, I will say with this with the with these guys, I did enjoy that like Flox seems like very genuinely interested in them and like just kind of like ends up like kind of periodically throughout the rest of the episode just kind of hanging out with them and like having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Know, that was very pleasant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because Flox is that he talks kind of about how he just like has an interest in kind of other religions um as like a topic of study and he talks about how like when he was on earth he went and visited a bunch of different holy sites of different earth religions and so yeah he gets really into like just kind of learning about these people's culture and their religion and like their ceremony that they do and everything and that's just kind of what he does for the episode and then while they're while they're visiting the ship suddenly they get hit by some sort of plasma or ion storm of some sort that kind of like a lightning bolt hits the warp drive and is kind of going through and like is about to blow it up and then just kind of is stopped and they're like oh well the warp drive didn't blow up that's good and when they investigate it they find out that there was like a specific uh like piece of tubing within the engine that had been purposefully or i think we actually see one of the one of these um pilgrims kind of like sneak back and like disconnect this piece of tubing and that that's where like if it had been still connected the surge would have gone all the way through it and blown the warp drive up and so basically whoever disconnected it saved the ship from being destroyed and they're kind of trying to investigate this and then archer is sort of taken aside by one of the crewmen named daniels who kind of takes him into his room and and tells him uh that like you know, I'm actually a time traveler from the future, and this Suliban guy that uh, Archer has fought before is also a time traveler, and, like, he's the one that came back in time and did this thing that saved the ship, but now you have to help me capture him, because... And so then he kind of, I think, gives sort of the most explanation we've had of that there's this, like, temporal Cold War you know, hundreds of years in the future where there's these two factions that are, like, going back and trying to, like, change things in time to shift the balance of power. And, like, the Suliban are the are these, like, criminals and, like, we have to stop them. And so they're, like... And so Archer's, like, okay, fine. And they try to capture this guy. And then Silic... Now I'm trying to remember how the sequence of it all breaks out. I think first Silic, like, find... Like, cap... Like, corners archer in his own like sneaks into archer's room and talks to him for a while and sort of like tries to convince him no i'm actually the good guy and like i just saved your ship you should be thanking me um you know why do you why why are you trusting this daniels person and then he like knocks archer out and goes and kills daniels and then is like trying to escape and archer chases him down and he he steal like silic is trying to steal this device that daniels has that like shows kind of the whole timeline like sort of projects it holographically and he's trying to escape with that and archer's trying to like catch him and archer ends up shooting the device to destroy it but then silic escapes anyways and then i think that's pretty much it and then like the the kind of like closing i, I did like the like the visual so the way that the episode closes is archer tells reed to like you know we don't know like to seal off now, now that Daniels is dead to like seal off his quarters, and not let anyone in because we don't know like what other sort of like futuristic anything is in there. And so they put this kind of big 
heavy magnetic lock on the door and like the episode closes with just like it kind of zooms in on that lock just sort of like silently like flashing and it's it does kind of give this sort of like foreboding like mystery type of closing that i thought was done done well mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know I, I liked i thought that there was a good amount of like ambiguity about like which which one of them uh was like telling the truth, like Daniel's or Silic, and yeah, the, yeah, kind of so like I, you know. At first, they're all kind of inclined to believe Daniel's because he like at least looks like a human, um, mm-hmm. and like is wearing like the Enterprise uniform and has been the crew member on the ship. And but yeah, but then Silic is just like, you know, once he starts talking, he's like, "Well, you have no reason to like believe him instead of me. Like, I'm the one who just saved your life." Um, yeah, <laughs> Kim and I actually talked about this too. Uh, there, during the conversation between Archer and Daniels, Archer says, you're asking me to capture someone who just saved my ship. Why should I trust you? And then Daniels, who who has been kind of like cosplaying as Archer's like butler, sort of, like that's his job on the ship. Is like Yeah, he just sort of like attends he, to the captain. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, you like your, your scrambled eggs soft. Have I ever brought them to you any other way? And we're like, well, that's not. Yeah, that, that's not really <laughs> and that and that works credentials yeah yeah like that's yeah, yeah, like yeah but yeah it does work like, like oh okay. well, yeah, i can't with that i do like my i do like my num-nums you know yeah um and but, i get that it's supposed to be like like kind of like a literary like thing but but yeah it does kind of come across i'm just like that's not a reason yeah when we're talking about like a war cross spanning space and time and like which side we should take yep but um, yeah, that uh, I, I don't know. I thought that the central part of this, I was like, maybe it was stressed out a little bit, but I ultimately was like, like I think this episode is fine. Like it, it, yeah, it didn't I really agree. Like... I, I, like yeah, I agree. I think that like central story is like cool and interesting, and like especially like presumably as it fits into kind of the telling of a larger overall story. I think my main thing with this episode is that like that's all that happens. I guess they do some good stuff with with like these pilgrims and their like culture and religion and kind of flocks like experiencing it and sort of talking about parts of it. Um, But there just seems to be so much filler in this episode. Like they, there's multiple scenes of, um, of Hoshi and Mayweather just kind of being on the bridge. Yeah. And like, they don't even have, like, it's not a B or C plot. It's just like C screen time. Like they just sort of are on the bridge and kind of like make small talk for a while. Well, yeah, like, with, like there's no one... kind of like payoff or implications or anything. There's there's at one point where uh, Mayweather like 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 where, where Malcolm has the con and he leaves, and then he gives Mayweather the con for the first time. And yeah, then Mayweather... it's like the only like the most senior person like left on the bridge. Yeah, and then Mayweather goes and sits in the captain's chair and is like, "Ooh, this is pretty cool." And Oh, she's like, yeah, that is cool. And then, and then Malcolm comes back and like, just is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and yeah. Just embarrasses him. And that's like the whole scene. Yeah. It's, Which it's again, really... like maybe is more of a payoff if like, you know, if we like did watch the show and like knew more about Mayweather's character that I could see that being like the kind of thing that could be like a cool thing to build to of like, yeah, he finally like gets kind of his moment in the, in the captain's chair. But, but at I'm least in this, it's just kind of like a thing that happens. I'm not convinced that Mayweather has a character. Uh, like he he is thus far, I would say the most underdeveloped character I've ever uh, I've ever had I've ever seen in in one of these shows. I guess not counting uh, Dinan from. Uh... <laughs> I mean, they. I feel like she at least got that an episode. Um... Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like 
Mayweather, there, I'm sure there are some Mayweather episodes, but like you just like n- none of these episodes we've watched have even remotely been about Mayweather at all. Like, like yeah. it, uh, so far. So he's, he's like Harry Kim times like a hundred, but um, right. Of <laughs> like, kind of like if we need a red shirt, but don't want to kill him off. I'm just like bring Mayweather along. Oh, speaking of, um, speaking of Garrett Wang, did you know that he and, and speaking of Robert Duncan McNeil, did you, did you know that those two have done like one of my least favorite current, like pop culture trends recently? I haven't heard about this now. They started a Voyager watch along podcast last year where they, Oh uh, really? Where they just were like, you know, along yeah. with like, you know, the West wing, yeah, uh, I did listen West to the Wing Weekly Weekly and, that's the only one I've done. And like those, the yeah. the Scrubs one. There were so many of them now, like Office Ladies with um pan, with the the oh, with like Angela and, and Angela Kinsley. Yeah. yeah, there's there's so many of them. I, I don't know. I just find them like obviously when we're doing this show, I'm not saying I, I don't like the idea of like watch on podcasts as a thing, but just like it just seems so like I don't know. I don't it, it just seems untoward. It seems unseemly to me to like go back to like this well to like it seems very like uh self-congratulatory, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, Are you trying to think, avoid saying the word masturbatory on? No, no, no. I just no. I just I. I mean, like, and I. I think like it's the more that, the more important you are to the show, the worse it is. Also, like, like so, if you're Garrett Wang, like, or if you're Josh Molina, like, I think that's sure more fine. If you're Zach Braff and the other and Donald Faison, right? Like, it was yeah, already like, your show. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. Like, this is just. <laughs> This is you having sex in a mirror. Like, you know, it's, uh, but anyway, uh, just, I had to, I, I, I was, I was reminded of that today while I was doing some research work before the episode started. And it's like, oh yeah, Robert Duncan has that podcast now called the Delta Flyers. So oh, boy, you can follow them on, uh, on, on Patreon at the, uh, at, at different uh, levels that are named after different, uh, Starfleet tiers too. So, okay. Anyway, anyway, uh, I don't think I'll be subscribing to that one. Um, anyway, sorry, I don't know what we were talking about before. Oh yeah, we were talking about how talking how maybe there maybe there yeah. there is like the As Harry like Kim, the, it's like the Er Harry Kim yeah. uh, on the show. <laughs> Although I did one of those Mayweather and uh, Hoshi or Sato. I'm never sure what to call or I guess Sato and Sensato. Um, but like one of their interactions did lead me to what I thought was the best joke that i wrote in my notes which was they're talking about like you know they had like movie night on the ship the night before and they watched a movie called night of the killer androids <laughs> and my thought was like oh so you watched star trek picard yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there's not i don't have a lot more to say about this like it was <laughs> it was yeah I th- it was fine uh there are some parts of it i thought were like pleasant enough to watch I think if I was going to, if I had been watching this like in order, I probably would have been like, yeah, that was, I think I would have liked it a little bit more because I, because I would have been like, okay, this is maybe getting a little bit more into the mystery, but like, you know, it wasn't like bad. Yeah. No, it wasn't I, really I agree. Good I think either. It... It's, it's like, it's just like sometimes you, you watch when you're watching through like, you know, a season of Voyager or something and you get to one and it's like, oh, they kidnapped Harry Kim because they think that he's an alien and, and then... And then it's over in 40 minutes. You're like, yep, that was that was a Star Trek episode. Yeah. I feel like it just, it could have maybe used a, like, developed B-plot, maybe. Like, something else to... Because, yeah, I, I agree that, like, the 
the kind of story with Archer and Silic is like interesting and like definitely watchable. Um, but yeah, I think if it was if there was something a little bit more compelling going on to take up the rest of the time, it, the whole episode would have felt like less of a drag of just like this shouldn't be this long. But mm-hmm. the one the one thing I will say because I so I did actually end up watching this twice for I guess like behind the scenes production reasons, but. Um, the second time, like after kind of knowing what was going on, it is interesting that like you, there are, they do kind of show in like a few scenes, like sort of either Silic or Daniels kind of like slinking around in the background, like looking vaguely suspicious that you might miss the first time. But like, I feel like that would be a fun thing as an actor um to be like you know like you know that like your character is has some sort of like ulterior motive and plan and so like we just want you to kind of be in all of these scenes like acting like you're like doing something vaguely sinister but like not really be a focus of the scene because it's like while like you know like trip is like showing the all of these pilgrims like around the warp core and like silic is just kind of like hanging a little bit back even not not even in like the scene where like he clearly like sneaks off and messes around with the warp engine, but there's other ones where he's like sort of like the last one to leave the frame or whatever. And just kind of like furtively looks around or like pulls a hood over his face or yeah, like, does these kind of things. Um, yeah. It reminds me of like the missed opportunity in DS nine when they had um, Bashir replaced by, uh, by a changeling and they uh, didn't tell, yeah. and they didn't tell, um, <laughs> they didn't tell uh alexander Siddig that they that that was going to be a plot point and so he just like all of, like those you know the the three or four episodes where he canonically would have been replaced by a changeling in that time period like he, he just he just thought he was just acts normal yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah it seems like the kind of thing that would be i feel like an actor would find that really fun to be like a character pretending to be something that they're not yeah um, absolutely absolutely uh well that's that's all i got you got anything else not really. The only other thing is I the only other note I had was that there's um kind of when Archer is trying to so after Daniels has talked to Archer and explained this whole temporal cold war to him, Archer's kind of meets with T'Pol and Tucker and is trying to like convince them to like also help him take Daniel's side and look for for Silic. And T'Pol is just like very skeptical about the whole thing. Which does kind of make me wonder if, like, because I feel like T'Pol is usually the one on the show that ends up being right in the end. Um, yeah. If, like, because she's, like, well, how, because she's the one that kind of brings up all these reasonable arguments, like, well, like, why is Daniels, of the two of them, why is Daniels the one that we're trusting? And that kind of thing, which made me wonder, like, oh, I wonder if maybe, like, that'll be a twist, is that the Suliban were actually, like, the good guys the whole time? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think so, though. But, but the other, she also, I think, at one point, points out like the kind of classic criticism of time travel stories of just like well why didn't he just go back further in time and like stop the whole situation from happening in the first place Mm -hmm. like if you're capable of time travel why not just like why did you pick this specific point to come to to be like oh like we have to catch him now and like why couldn't you just go like two days before and like never meet up with them in the first place or like go right go catch him like all the way back in episode one of enterprise or stop him from being born or right. Like there's kind of always, you could always go further back at some point. Yeah. Well, perhaps, perhaps one day I will learn the answer after I finish watching Voyager. Um, or perhaps there is no answer, but either way, 
I think in, in a few years I'll probably find out. But uh, until then, this will just be the show that I keep on hoping I will understand better at some point. <laughs> so, uh, Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, we come out every other Sunday. Um, our next episode is going to be another uh, Enterprise episode, as we mentioned. It's going to be the episode North Star, which is uh, Season 3, Episode 9 of Enterprise. Um, so come back in a couple weeks to check that out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Or you can uh, follow us on uh, YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media uh, Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those guys out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.